Hey, you ever been to Chancellor Park? That's where I live. My name is Tabin Dillard, and I live in a trailer park called Chancellor Park, and I mow lawns. I'd like to introduce you to my town. I've been making YouTube's videos since about 2006, and then I've transitioned over to other platforms like the TikToks and the whatnot. But here on this podcast, I'd like to clue you into what's going on with me here lately. And this is like a pre-introduction. Now I'm going to send it off to myself for the real introduction. I'm glad you joined me. Bink, bink. Well, welcome to the Tavern Diller Podcast, y'all guys. Season 2, Episodes 2. And the way that work is, before this episode right now, and before this season right now, there was another season with other episodes, the seasons once. Now, season one that happened back before the new year uh, in the falls had 14 episodes originally planned to do. And then what happened was I decided somewhere in the fall, oh, I want to do a very special Christmas episode. So then that added to it. That made it 15. Then I thought, well, there's only one week left in the year. Uh, why not just wrap up the year with a question and answer, or as they say in the abbreviation world, a Q&A episode. So I did that. So that season one had 16 episodes, and now we here are in season two, and this is episode number two, which means we done had one episode. If you ain't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's. We'll be here waiting on you. My name's Tavin Dillard. I'm Olans. I live in Chancellor Park. This is a podcast, which is like a radio show, so there ain't nothing to look at. Don't even try it. You can listen to it because it's for your ears. I sure hope you had a good week this week. There's a lot in life we don't get to pick. You know how about that? It's, it's just true. You ever heard somebody say say that, but, but you get to pick your attitude? You can't pick a lot of stuff, but you can pick your attitude. Then when they say that, you just kind of want to smack them in the face. But if you think about it, it, you know they're right. Two people can have the exact same days, but one person's kind of content with the whole thing. The other's all bent out of shape. Well, the content person had a choice to make and didn't get all bent out of shape. And the other person, well, you know, they got worked up. So that's how that go. So hopefully you picked the right response. And if you didn't, don't worry. You'll probably get 10, 15 more opportunities before before you hit the pillow tonight with your head uh, to choose differently. Opportunities is everywhere. Speaking of, I had the opportunity to get a free haircut today and a free lunch out at the bait and tackle because I mowed that property for a Rance Farnhart. And you may be saying, Tavin, you're at the bait and tackle? What does that have to do with lunch and haircuts? Oh, well, you may or may not know now, Rance has a little restaurant inside the bait and tackle, and he give haircuts on the patio. Of course, he has the bait and tackle there too, but you don't want the title of the shop to be too long. Like, oh, I'm heading out to the bait and tackle barbershop and diner today. It's just too much, you know. Word of mouth all you need. If he gives good haircuts, which he do, and if he has good food, which again, he do, then folks are going to talk. They're going to say good things about it, and then people know where to go. So anyhow, Rance is giving me a haircut at the bait and tackle today. Then I decided to do a little fishing while I was out there anyhow, and Rance loaned me a pole because I ain't got no fishing pole. I got a tackle box, but a tackle box don't do you a lot of good without a pole because if you got no pole and a tackle box, you might as well leave the tackle box at home and just go noodling. Just use your hand, because uh, you, you ain't gonna be holding a sinker and a bobber and a hook in your hand. You know, you gotta have it on a pole or on a string or all that kind of thing. So anyhow, uh, he loaned me this pole, and I was out there with my, with my line in the water, and I got a little nibble. Am I good at fishing? I'm decent. I, am I good at catching? Not so much. 
I ain't got a boat, so I'm on the shore anyhow, but let me rephrase that. I ain't got a way to get my boat to the water. Because I did get a little aluminum boat, but uh, it ain't no good if, if you ain't got a, play, a way to, to get it and haul it over there and you know launch that thing in the water. So here I am fishing from the shore. And after doing a little top water fishing, I decided to put a pretty heavy sinker on there and see what them bottom dwellers was up to today. And it did not take long. I had to use the back of my quadriceps, I guess you call them your hamstraps, and they were steady getting worked. I was steady feeling the burn back there, and I started sliding toward that water. Do I lose Rance's pole that he loaned me, or do I stay out of the lake? That's what's going through my head. You know, you just imagine, if you will, I'm right on the shore. I got the, I got the pole in my hand. I got the line in the water, and something starts steady tugging on that thing hard. And I'm sliding. My little feet are sliding toward the shore, and I'm thinking these two questions right here. Do I lose Rance's pole, or do I stay out the lake? Because it's going to be either one or the other. There, there wasn't a way that I could see a scenario where I saved Rance's pole and I saved my britches and my shoes and my socks from getting wet. Maybe my whole body. I don't know how big this thing is. I don't know if the Loch Ness live out there on the lake next to the bait and tackle or what it is. Because it was seeming like it was going to have to be one or the other of these things. And I'll tell you right now, I was losing part of the bank as I got pulled down. It kept coming up, kind of crumbling under me, so I just decided to yank as hard as I could. I did not go in, but a fish did not come out of there neither. So I don't know, what, what do you call that, like a tie? I was done. Anyhow, I ain't the kind of fisherman that wants it bad enough. I'm just going to tell you right now. Rant serves up a good fish and chips right there at the bait and tackle. I figure he already put in all that work. I'll just go ahead and eat that. So I got the fish and chips with a sweet tea. It didn't go into the lake. All that right there is worth it, see? And I still got his pole, and I snapped the line, but his pole's okay. And, I mean, it's like one thing after another today. We had game one, a winter ball, down at the fields tonight. The adult softball league's doing a winter league. We got our team together last week. I'm on Bud's Burger Shed, new and improved. Well, the season's new. I can't see, say that we're particularly improved, but we was going to find out. And we did. Guess who was working the concession stand? This winter season, they got two gals working the concession stand on our game nights. But they take turns. They ain't working there at the same time. One is Cheryl Grubbs, and the other is Cricket. You heard me. And tonight it was Cricket down there. And she was steady taking it serious. I seen her over there wide-eyed getting the cash box all situated and lining up the Skittles and the types of soda cans on the counter. I'm, she, she's real good with presentation, I'll tell you right now. So I see her over there, and I just kind of walk up, and she says, Hey, stranger! kind of thing like that she called me stranger but it's a joke because she knowed who I was she's just saying it and I said hey Cricket you ready and she said oh my goodness I can't believe how nervous I am like she's worried about you know she want to do a good job she ain't never done a concession stand before and I said well just don't burn it down and then she got scared and she says does that happen and I said don't you remember I told you Mary Beth Tucker did that last season she goes oh no now I'm nervous I told her you ain't got to be nervous Mary Beth kind of set the bar pretty low you don't burn down the concession stand you're doing fine and you ain't got nothing to cook in here, so you good to go. She nodded at me, you know, kind of thing. And she reached out, and then she squeezed my hand. She squeezed my hand. And then she said, thanks, Tavin. You helped me calm down. Like that away. That's how that went. Next thing I know, Myron Curtis is yelling at me, saying it's game time. Talk about the tables turning. Now I'm going to be late because I'm talking to the concession stand gal, and Myron Curtis is over there telling me to get to the fields. 
Well, I did not like how that felt one bit. Nope. So I hustled over to the fields. Turns out it was not game time yet, but Myron just wanted to know if he was home or if we was the home or away team. Well, I didn't know. I told him to ask Russell Tucker, but Russell wasn't there yet. So there we was, because he didn't know which dugout to sit in. He wanted to lay down his bat and his glove, you know, and his sunflower seeds, whatever else he brought. He needed to know which dugout to go to, and I did not have that information for him. I just did not have it. Why? Couldn't nobody get a hold of Russell. But then we kind of pieced the puzzle together. If Mary Beth was not at the concession stand this season because she was working more at the veterinary and was helping out put a fence on her daddy's property, and she's Russell's sister, so they got the same daddy, then he might just be helping get that fence up too. So I didn't think that Russell would plan that overlap on game night because he kind of the coach, you know. But Russell's the big brother, and he's responsible and kind of in charge of a lot of stuff, so it ain't like him to not show up. And uh, But I know he got other things to do. I mean, I really wouldn't pick Russell to be the Brody Childress of our team this season. You know, can't rely on them, don't know when they're showing up or what time or if they're showing up at all. So anyhow, Myron was a little worried, but we still had about 30 minutes for game time till we needed to all be at the fields. Then I started thinking that I cut off my conversation with Cricket way too early for nothing. But when I looked back over there at the concession stand, she got a line, and she needed to focus on her work over there. I mean, the folks was lined up, ready to eat. So I figured it was good for both of us because I don't want to mess up my team being unfocused and all that like that away, and I know the trouble Myron got into, and I'm kind of determined not to let that happen with me and Cricket. I don't want to be the Myron Curtis of the Winter League, you know. A couple things we noticed heading into this new season, JT Whitlow put on a little weight, but did got, but he didn't get no new sweatpants. So that was a surprise to him and the team. He was trying to make it work, but nobody really had an answer for him. Rusty Tidwell told him to tie a sweatshirt around his waist or something. That's the best any of us had other than just showing off too much to the world or getting a bigger pair of sweatpants. But sweats is supposed to be, you know, comfy. You wear them, you know, uh, just around the house or you maybe you got to get to the Walmarts or somewhere or maybe playing sports. And they give a little bit. You know how they give a little bit in the waist. They elastic. The elasticity will keep your, you know, if you got a little give in the belly and you had a big supper or whatever, it's going to let you, it's going to say, that's okay, you know, give you a little room. But when a pair of sweatpants has given all they can, it's either time to upgrade or lose some weight because that, that elastic was saying, I, I, there you go, buddy. That's all we can give you kind of thing. to told JT on them things. And anyhow, you know, it didn't look like JT had time for either of those before the game started. He didn't have time to get a new pair of sweatpants or lose weight, so there he was. And who was we kicking off Winter League against, you might ask? Brunwell Tires. That's right. Lonnie Brunwell's daddy owns that business. Lonnie works there, and Brunwell's Tires feels a good team. They just do. They good. They knocked us out of the playoffs last week. Lonnie don't park where he used to because his Ram 1500 got peppered with foul balls last time he played us. We wasn't trying but they kept landing on the hood of his truck. Lonnie runs his mouth, and he got a speaker on the roof of his truck with a CB hooked up, and he'll run it through that speaker and just, you know, talk to kind of intimidate the other team before the game starts. And he'll roll into a game just talking trash before he even gets parked. Tonight he said, I forgot to bring diapers for the babies we about to play tonight. That's just how he rolls, you know. That's just him. Well, I told you all Cody Mantell's on our team now, and he got a short fuse. Short fuse. Like, if you say short fuse to him, you can't even get through short before his fuse exploded. How short? Well, Lonnie ain't got one leg out of the truck. And Cody has run over full sprint at the driver's drawer of Lonnie's truck. Lonnie got his window down, and Cody lands a flying punch on Lonnie's jaw. And the door shuts on Lonnie's leg. 
Cody hits the ground after landing that punch because he was like all off the ground, like he Matrix or something. You'd think Lottie would be stunned and would just be in a daze, but it's like he started enough fights where he's just ready. He pulls that leg inside that 1500. He crawls out the open window, jumping down on top of Cody, who's still on the parking lot floor, you know, and Buddy is on. I figured I had to break up a fight like a couple times this season because of Cody, but I did not think it'd be before the first game even started in a parking lot. So Lonnie jumps on top of Cody, and Cody ain't having none of it. He stands up with Lonnie on top of him and flips him into the parking lot, and he just says, you think I need a diaper, do you? You know, like that little that little trash talking Lonnie did. We all like blow it off and just, you know, shrug our shoulders like whatever, you know, Lonnie, we're going to play softball. But Cody Mantell took that to heart like he really thought Cody wanted uh, that, you know, Lonnie wanted him in a diaper, so he mad. Now Lonnie's stunned. Cody picked Lonnie up and threw him into the bed of his own truck. So now Lonnie is in the bed of the truck that he just peeled out in the parking lot in with a CB talking trash. He's laying back there, and then he said, you want to fight or play softball? Because I can do either one. That's what Lonnie's saying. I mean, that might have been 60 seconds of action right there, and it took me that long to get over there to the parking lot. It was over by then, too. But I still got in front of Cody and pushed him back because he's like, I think I'll tell you what I want to do. You know, he's getting back at Lonnie. And actually, Lonnie, he, he, he might be saying stuff. His jaw's still moving, but he's getting a little quieter, and you don't believe him no more. You know, you, ain't, you, you, you can tell he don't even believe what he's saying because he don't want to fight Cody. Cody done took him to the map. Well, Lonnie sits up in the bed of his truck and says, Cody, you okay? He wipes his forehead. His hat is sitting in the parking lot. His hair's messed up, just like he's out of the dryer, and he's trying to act like, you know, he wants to check on Cody that he's pretending he just beat up. But he, he actually looks like he's just unsure what happened, just in a daze, frazzled, you know, trying to still play the man. But uh, everything that you see in with your eyes, with your visuals, say, this guy just got worked over. I mean, if you roll into a parking lot thinking you top dog and seconds later you've been punched in the jaw while you're still in your own truck and when you jump out to fight you get flipped into the parking lot and then thrown into the bed of your own truck, you're going to have to rethink some things. And we still got a game to play. I told Cody he needed to apologize. He told me Lonnie started it. I was like, okay, Cody. I said, Cody, that's what a little kid says. You a full-grown man. Take responsibility for what you did. We got kids out here. Come on. Well, Cody was hot, and he went back to the fields. I get it, but I ain't trying to let that fella set the pace for our team. You know, he's he joined our team. We didn't come on to his team. That ain't what Team Burger Shed's about. I ain't afraid to lean into Cody because we all got a reputation on the lines the way I look at it. Well, little did I know Cricket was watching the whole thing, and she walked over because everybody got out of line at the concession stand. She didn't have no business anyhow. And Once the commotion started in the parking lot, and she said, Tavin, you're so brave. That's what she said. She called me brave, and I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, she done squeezed my hand, then she called me brave. What's the fella to think, you know? But I wasn't the only one on our team who wasn't having Cody's temper. Russell Tucker just scratched a line through his name on our opening day roster. Cody went to check when he was batting in the lineup and seen his name marked out. And there was Russell with his arms crossed. And there I was with my arms crossed. Pretty soon, the whole team was looking at Cody like, this ain't going to happen, buddy. Well, Cody threw his hands up, and he turned. He walked over to Lonnie Brunwell, who made his way to the other dugout, and Cody said something, shook Lonnie's hand. And then I think they even laughed. And that was that. He came back over to the dugout, and Cody said, It's done. I'm ready to play. Well, how in the world do you know if somebody's ready to play? You let them play, best I can figure. And Cody 
was not lying. I mean, he was on Rusty Tidwell's heels all night as the best player on our team. And that's a tall order to feel to be, you know, neck and neck with Rusty Tidwell, who's just a premier athlete in town. Brunwell's tires took care of us in the playoffs last season. Well, you would not have known it tonight. Myron Curtis squeezed the last out on an infield pop fly tonight, and we won 14-4. to You heard me. I was 3-for-7 at the plate. One stolen base, a bit of a slow start for me. And I was all worried about cricket being in a concession stand and that kind of thing. But that pregame fight took my focus off that to the point when we went to get our free snow cones after the game, I forgot she was the one working there. I completely forgot she was there till I got up to the front and seen her. That, that talk about a pleasant surprise, buddy. It was pretty deep into last season before Team Burger Shed got a free snow cone at the concession stand. The only trade-off is that now it's colder outside, and that don't sound as good, but I do like a cold treat. I really do. But when you out there, and like we was, we was running the bases, and I was stealing a base head first. I did a head first slide. You know, you start to heat up pretty quick, and I wasn't mad at no snow cone tonight. I got cherry. Cricket had to get back to her car and on home because she got an early day tomorrow, so we didn't talk too long, but I did get a hug. I ain't bragging, but I did. I mean, like a... Just a red-letter night, as they say. It was a squeezed hand, told me I was brave, gave me a hug. I don't know. I didn't look around to see if she was squeezing everybody's hand, getting everybody hugs, but I know what happened to me. And, uh, it, it, you know, it was pretty good. I'm glad I remembered after the game and not during the game that she was there. And because of that fight, I mean, in some ways, Cody Mantell saved the night because all eyes would have been on me. If I was distracted, we'd lost the game. I'm googly-eyed over at the concession stand trying to crane my neck to see if Cricket's looking at me or if I'm looking at her kind of thing. And, boy, Cody Mantell set the tone. Maybe it was the wrong tone, but it kind of helped me. Uh, getting in that fight with Lonnie Brunwell in the parking lot before the game because then I steady focused on something else other than me and Cricket and her squeezing my hand and all that kind of thing and played some softball. I ain't going to say we the best team in the league, but I'm saying we showed up tonight and we played some softball. Who'd you beat, Tabin? Oh, we beat the team that knocked us out of the playoffs just like a month ago for the end of the fall league. Hello, Team Burger Shed. What a day. I stayed out of the lake. I got a haircut, I got fish and chips, and I'm on an undefeated softball team in the Winter Adult Softball League, so it's been good. Now, I mean, yes, we played one game. So to say I'm on an undefeated softball team, it just sounds better than saying, oh, we won our first game. You know, because folks saying, well, you could, you could lose the next seven or however many is in the league in the season. I don't know. I ain't done the math on that. I ain't a mathologist like that. I'm a softball player, and I'm kind of a fisherman, but I'm mostly a fish and chips eater kind of thing. And so I did that, and I ain't a fighter, but I'll go and try to break up a fight, which happened tonight too. So it's, it's been good. And I hope you are due. I hope you're doing well. I hope your new year has been going so good so far. And today, if you want to check the show notes, you can pick up some Bud's Burger Shed gear, the hoodies, the shirts, the hats, or other merch. And you also see my number. You can shoot me a text. Let me know how you're doing this week. And uh, please rate the podcast and share it with your friends. I really appreciate that, and I'd love to hear from you. All right, y'all guys, I better go stretch out now. Until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>